Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on to you everyone it is 11 p.m and pure gold is live on the air for this tuesday night march 11th 2014 one week oh we took a week off and now we're back and we got a lot to catch up on welcome to the show that covers everything and anything it tells it like it is my name is joe Buccino and my tag team partner and co-host is david gomez sir how are you Underway, and of course, folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show, 714-364-4721. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com, where you can hear all of our past episodes, JB. Well, the, that phone number was only for Elwood. If you want to call in tonight, Elwood, you will call in tonight for our one listener, because that's all we are down to, folks. So when I say folks, I mean Dave and me and Elwood. So, again, 714-364-4721. We did take a week off, and let's backtrack. We're going to be talking about a lot about wrestling. We'll talk some baseball, some basketball, and some football. We're going to be talking about the major sports as well. But let's go take a back one week ago from Monday Night Raw, sir. Let's talk about the fact that Monday Night Raw was at Chicago, Illinois, one of the hottest crowds of the year, any hot spot. Chicago is definitely up there with Boston and New York. Anyway, so they cut a promo. They cut a, um, you know, you hear CM Punk's music come out. Fans are excited. People think that CM Punk is back. He's mended the fences with Vince, and now he's, you know, swallowed his pride. Out comes Paul Heyman. And, sir, what is your initial thought about that? I thought it was great. I thought the whole promo was great. And, of course, it was a segue into the whole and the Undertaker feud. Uh, Heyman was great, as always. Gold on the mic. Pure gold, if I may say. And I love the fact that he blamed the fans for Punk leaving. That was great. Um, what can I tell you, sir? Paul Heyman is one of the all-time best ever. I loved it. I honestly thought it was great. What about you, sir? Uh, I thought it was a great way to... The, the you know Basically, Triple H and Vince knew that they were going to get a lot of heat being in Chicago with no Punk, so... They played it to the to the T. To be honest with you, they they were perfect about it. They they played CM Punk's music, comes out and it's Paul Heyman, and you know you get the ultimate heat when you expect the ultimate face to come out. So I thought it was well done too. And um, I, you know I'm not sold on this whole feud between Brock and, and Undertaker. Although I am rooting for Brock, of course, definitely, obviously, maybe because I'm sick of the Undertaker showing up only for WrestleMania matches. But um, you know, I guess it's a good way to start the feud, uh, or continue the, the continue the storyline at, at the very least. So I thought they did a good job with it, despite you know considering the fact that they were in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown. You know, the fans were white hot. They really were expecting CM Punk. He just uh, didn't show. Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, Punk is you know he took his ball, he ran home with it. He's not coming back anytime soon, if ever. You know, and um, I like Punk. I do. I think he's good. I don't think he's as great as everybody makes him out to be. 
I don't think he deserved that insanely long title reign that he had to be one of the all-time you know, top title holders, but it is something that he can hang his hat on. The fact that he is not going to be main eventing at WrestleMania ever, you know, I'm sure that that really sticks in his craw. But, um, you know, it is what it is. The WWE is a machine. They do what they think is best. They don't care what the fans think. They don't care what any of us think, sir. So, you know, Punk has made his money. Apparently he's made millions. So what the hell do I care if he's there or not? I think at the end of the day, we as fans have to realize that it's just a show. It's just for entertainment. It's just not life or death. There's more important things in life. I mean, don't talk to a wrestling fan because they may stab you in the face. But honestly, I think the fact that Punk's gone one way or the other doesn't make ounce of difference to me or to you or to anyone else. Let's be honest, sir. I mean, you know, Punk is doing his own thing, and uh, it is what it is, sir. Um, you know, he's he's probably not coming back. And, I mean, it's what's interesting, I'd like to segue into something else which still ties into The Undertaker and, and uh, Mr. Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman, again, Mr. Heyman, perfectly encapsulated why I hate the streak as passionately as I do. He talks about how Hulk Hogan is only able to win three WrestleMania matches in a row. One of the gra- the greatest personality of all time, undoubtedly. I don't care what anybody says. It's not Steve Austin. Hogan is the biggest superstar of all time. He could only win three WrestleMania matches in a row. Um, Shawn Michaels, I don't even think... I think Heyman said he couldn't win two. Austin couldn't win four. Cena couldn't win five, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You go on from there. Why does the Undertaker get to win 21? This year will be 22 WrestleMania matches in a row. So, somebody explain that to me in a, in a, I mean, it's not a sport, but in a sports entertainment industry that's totally rigged, why would they rig it so all these other guys would lose at WrestleMania, but Taker would never lose? Well, not only that, I mean, if we're going to talk about The Undertaker to open the show, let's talk about the fact that, I don't know if you saw this, but on their website, www.com, there's a um, top 30 big men of all time, and for them to rank Undertaker as number one, I mean, that to me is a total joke in itself, because I don't feel Undertaker's even maybe top five at at the most. He might be the fifth uh, best big man ever, Um, but for him to be ranked one, did did you check that that survey by chance? No, I've got better things to do with my time, but explain to me how he's not number one, please. I'd like to hear this. Who, who's a better big man in history than The Undertaker? I mean, you're going to go by wins and losses again, of course? Um, I, in, a, in a sport that's rigged, I, I don't know. I mean, you tell me. What's the criteria for Taker not being number one? I don't know. I honestly think that Andre the Giant is the best big man of all time. I mean, if we want to talk history and wrestling, the guy was undefeated for 15 years. I think that goes a much longer way than an undefeated streak that the guy only wrestles once a year now. So I'm going to give it to Andre the Giant, the eighth wonder of the world. Well, I guess based on that criteria, you know, it's not not a bad point, sir, not a bad point at all. I mean, Andre is one of the greatest superstars of all time. And, uh, I mean, they have this... Uh, we can get back to this in a second since you are talking about Taker. Uh, they have this whole inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I can go with that. I can go with Andre being number one. I mean, being undefeated 15 years legitimately, is it, that's true. I mean, there's nobody else who can say that. But... Yeah, so they had the survey. Anyway, Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, that, that was the biggest, I guess... 
storyline from last week since we weren't on the air. Um, and the only other thing that I think of note from last week, as I recall, since I don't really have notes on last week, but the whole um, they're furthering the storyline between Daniel Bryan and Triple H. Uh, we're going to talk about this week's Raw, which was just last night, which was um, to me an utter joke as well. But um, last week, you know, you had Triple H. Uh, basically get a kick to the face by Daniel Bryan to end the show. Batista then power bombs or Batista bombs Daniel Bryan to end the show. So, you know, you, you get the, um, the the seeds are being planted for um, what's going to be potentially a triple threat. But other than that, sir, last week's Raw, I don't think anything was um, worthy to note other than those two things, the, the whole, um, you know, CM Punk thing that never happened and the whole uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan to end the show. You mean to occupy a Raw? Are we talking about that, sir? Oh, we're going to talk about that right now. But, uh, yeah, like I said, nothing else to note from last week, right? No, I mean, the Daniel Bryan thing really is it. Uh, honestly, okay. so what else, what else happened last night? Well, let's let's talk about what happened last night on Raw. Um, once again, Hulk Hogan comes out to, to, uh, to start Raw last night. And to be honest with you, sir, they brought him back, and I, I, I don't know. I, I know you can't use Hulk Hogan other than just be a a whatever. I call him the walking ad now for the WWE Network. That's all he talks about now. He comes out and he promotes the WWE Network. I mean, this guy is the icon, not Shawn Michaels, of course, but he, this guy is uh, Mr. WrestleMania too. when you think about it. He's, he's made events so many WrestleManias, and all he's doing is really talking about the WWE Network. I think... They could have used him a little bit better for the second straight time for appearing back on Raw. I don't think um, they've done a good job with him. Well, I agree with you. He's definitely been a walking billboard for the network. But I mean, what else are you going to have Hogan do? He can't wrestle. You know, he's not going to climb in there. You know, in the match. I thought maybe he might take. He might uh, punch Eric Rowan yesterday with the whole Cena thing. I thought that maybe that's where they were going. That Hogan may get slightly physical in that way, but that obviously didn't happen. Didn't happen. Uh, I guess you're right. You, you really can't do much with Hogan. He's hosting w, uh, WrestleMania 30, which I don't even know what that means, to be honest with you. Hosting, you, were say, uh, you were about to say he's hosting the WWE Network, weren't you? <laughs> he pretty much is hosting WWE Network. Um, so you had him come out, and let me, let's me let talk about Raw and try to be in chronological order. So Hulk Hogan cuts this, this uh, not a promo, but he pretty much advertises that there's going to be a inaugural Andre the Giant Battle Royal 30 man at WrestleMania 30. Um, and, you know, who. What was that? Over the top rope, of course. Over the top rope, of course. And, of course, who comes out to the ring and decides that he wants to be in it and wants to put his name in it? Of course, it's, you know, John Cena, which, again, I have no problem with this. The, the, here's where I start having the problem. They have a uh, battle royal. You know, John Cena throws his name in the ring. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, this whole Wyatt angle, to me, the, the Bray Wyatt angle with uh, the whole family and everything, to me, makes no sense. Um, so somehow they, they try to sell you the, the whole fact that John Cena wants to take on Bray Wyatt when we know that he wants to really be in this battle royal and or be in the main event at WrestleMania because putting him against Bray Wyatt, to me, makes utter it's it's complete garbage i mean i was not sold on the fact that you know john cena wants to wrestle some guy that's a mid-carter at best and this guy i mean he doesn't do anything for me i mean john cena should be fighting the undertaker and that's fancy booking obviously but um i, I don't I like the whole i think it's only because you want to take the streak to end so you'll 
you're thinking of any way for that to happen. I like the Cena feud with Bray Wyatt only because it means that Cena is not in the WWE title hunt. I hate the fact that he's always in title matches at WrestleMania. Another ridiculous thing, you know, aside from the fact that the Undertaker's ridiculous streak um, that, that I hate, that's another thing I've hated is that Cena has been in so many title matches, more title matches than anybody in the WWE history. Um, but, you know, nobody else has been in that many title matches, not even Hulk Hogan. But this happens. <laughs> Um, and you know what? I, I like Bray. I think he's good. I think he's got talent. I, I mean, he cuts a great promo. And I, I'm just hoping that he wins the damn match, to be honest with you. I'm hoping that he beats John Cessna at, uh, at the uh, WrestleMania 500, you know? What is it? The, thir- the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, it's the 30th anniversary. Do you remember when we were talking about 10 years ago about the 20th anniversary at your, uh, you know, your mom's apartment, the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania? Oh, yeah, 10 years ago. Where were you is the question that I want to ask the people out there. Yeah, that's a good question. So, and that, that the, was a WrestleMania that we were really looking forward to, and it did not deliver. This is a WrestleMania. No. Talk about talk about turds. This, this WrestleMania 30 is, is not going to be good at all, sir. Yeah, and we'll talk about the matches so far that are lining up. But um, anyway, the way I felt about this whole setup between Bray Wyatt and John Cena was – Back in the day, we used to make fun of uh, the whole John Cena-Randy Orton feud, and I feel like this was just one of those things like, you know, we used to make fun of him and be like, you know, um, Randy Orton had just lost to John Cena for the first time. He comes out on Raw and says, you know, John Cena, you're you're not the better man. I'm still the better man. John Cena somehow is convinced that you're right, you are the better man, so I'll give you a rematch. I think that this this whole like feud between Bray Wyatt and John Cena is pretty mishmash. Um, I don't think that what reason other than the fact that Bray Wyatt's um, this homeless person that that John Cena pictures him as. <laughs> why else? Why, why else is he facing Bray Wyatt? I mean, there's no incentive. There's no backstory line to it. There's no nothing that goes with it. And it just felt like John Cena, Randy Orton all over again from like five six years ago. Nothing will ever compare to John Cena, Randy Orton from five, six years ago. First of all, let's get that right. And second of all, I think this reminds me of the Jericho Fandango feud from was it last year that made absolutely no sense. They threw it together because Jericho thought there was something special in Fandango. Clearly, Jericho dropped the ball on that. He was probably high as a kite, which doesn't surprise me considering Chris Jericho. Uh, he was on the Jared, the Jared troll or whatever the hell he calls it. Um, and that's what this is. I mean, they see future Bray Wyatt and Cena must really like him to get this type of um, to get this type of you know spot to him you know because clearly regardless of what we think about John Cena I mean the man is the man is one of the biggest names in the history of wrestling that's never going to change him that, that to me is unfortunate but that's a whole other story in and of itself you know uh, uh, an industry that's completely predetermined and you're going to predetermine that John Cena is one of the greatest ever you know that's neither here nor there. But the point is that he's in this match with John Cena, and that's huge for his career, and they think this guy's going to be successful because, to be quite honest with you, otherwise they would never have, have booked this match. So I think it's a good thing for Bray Wyatt, um, and we'll have to see where it goes, sir. But you got to admit that being in a match with John Cena is a big deal for anybody's career, you know, especially a guy like Bray who's trying to establish it. It's definitely a big deal, but let's, let's uh, backtrack now. So... As we constructed the WrestleMania 30 card here, we have a part-time wrestler, Brock Lesnar, against a really part-time wrestler in The Undertaker. That's one of your marquee matches. Then you have John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, right? You have that marquee matchup. And then you have the matchup... Go ahead. 
I got to cut you off for a second. Do, why do people not have a problem with the fact that The Undertaker wrestles once a year? They, they crap on The Rock. They crap on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. They crap on these guys for coming out once, you know, three, four times a year. But, hell, they appear more than The Undertaker. They're there more than The Undertaker once a year now. So why is that okay? Yeah, he's put in years in the business and everything else. But somebody tell me why it's okay for The Undertaker to wrestle once a year and be the, the ultimate part-time wrestler. Somebody You're preaching to the court. You're preaching to the choir. If we have like some fans out there that want to call in, even Pyro, hell, even Pyro no. decided to call in, but we don't, so I, I can't argue with you. Uh, have you talked to him? Uh, no, I have not. So I, I can't argue with you. Uh, the whole, like I said, so you're constructing this card so far. WrestleMania 30, the biggest pay per view ever, I guess. You're you're, you're pu- pumping it up to be that, and you have a part-time, uh, two part-time wrestlers. You're, you have a John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, which I have no interest in, and then you have the main event, which is supposed to be a you know the marquee matchup for the World Heavyweight Title between Randy Orton and Batista, who they brought back, and he's been a flop too. I mean, the way they brought him back, he he's just getting booed out of the arena. So what does what does the WWE do? What does Triple H, was Vince do? They bring a guy that hasn't won the Royal Rumble, that hasn't won Elimination Chamber, and somehow is going to find his way into the main event at WrestleMania 30, which to me is so bad. I mean, that's how bad it's gotten between Randy Orton and Batista. The match doesn't sell, so we have to add in Daniel Bryan, who's white hot right now with the fans. And the only way we can incorporate him is if somehow we have Daniel Bryan face Triple H earlier in the card and then somehow beat Triple H and then then guarantees himself into the triple threat for WrestleMania 30 for the World Heavyweight title. I mean, it's, it's possible. At this rate, um, the the 30-man battle royal is um, as a decent thing. But why 30-man, sir? We talked about this off the air last night. Why not just 20-man? Why 30? I guess because it's WrestleMania 30, now that I think about it. But um, I'm... WrestleMania 2 because it was actually NFL superstars like the Chicago Bears with some WWF superstars at the time. You're right, sir, but look at that. Tell me, how is it, what's the point of a 30-man battle royal? There's no point, sir. I agree with you. It's all, it's the fact that it's WrestleMania 30, I'm guessing, is the reason why they have 30 people. But let's let's get back to the, the point at hand, sir. The fact that uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan will happen earlier in the card and, you know, obviously, definitely, maybe, Triple H has to lose to Daniel Bryan so that Daniel Bryan sneaks his way into the triple threat match um, and then probably does take the title, believe it or not, which is, um, that's how that's how bad this car is being constructed so far. They don't know what they're doing, I don't think, sir. And I think that they had a scramble and they had a, Triple H has to get into a match now at WrestleMania and, and lose to Daniel Bryan. And then, you know, again, Daniel Bryan will probably win the title uh, going out at WrestleMania. I think we lost Dave. Dave, are you with us? 
Dave has dropped. Oh, okay then. So anyway, as I was saying, this whole WrestleMania 30, you know, the, the biggest pay-per-view of the year or ever at this point really is put together by but just garbage, uh, let's be honest. Taker, Brock Lesnar, no interest because I think Taker's going to definitely win that. He'll go 22-0 and into WrestleMania next year and retire, I guess, in Texas, as Dave has told us. Yeah, of course. Dave, you're back. Oh, absolutely. So okay. So, at, the, at the house there. Sorry about that. No, nah, no problem. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the fact that this whole car is being mismoshed, and now Daniel Bryan finds himself wrestling two times in the card, but, you know, to be honest with you, that's how bad it's been. They need Daniel Bryan to save this uh, this pay-per-view. Sir, I want to know if Daniel Bryan is, Bryan is in a wrestle three times, sir. That is what I want to know, and I think it's crazy. I really do. But he's so white hot right now that, you know what, they should just make him wrestle every freaking match. They should make this uh, King of the Ring WrestleMania where Daniel Bryan just wrestles everyone on the card just to save it because this, this pay-per-view, honestly, sir, it, it looks so terrible on paper. I have, if it wasn't the fact that it's WrestleMania, I would have absolutely no interest in this. They have made lesser pay-per-views more interesting to me than, than WrestleMania. And if it wasn't for the fact that I already paid for the WWE Network, I could give two craps about this WrestleMania. And that is telling because if you can't get somebody like me to get into WrestleMania, how are you going to get the casual fan, into the casual random person into a WrestleMania match? And the pay-per-view, I just, the WWE has done such an atrocious job with this pay-per-view that, you know what, it's going to fail, and it's, the buys are probably going to be down, and they deserve every minute of the garbage that they're giving us there, because this, this stuff, it really does. There is not a single match on this card that I care at all about. You know, I hope Daniel Bryan wins the title, but that's only because the WWE has painted themselves into such a terrible booking corner that they pretty much have no choice now but to give him the title. And um, he's got to win. He's got to make it to the, the, the main event now because the Batista Orton, as you mentioned before, it's so terribly booked. It's been so bad. Nobody cares about it. So you know what? They're going to have to, at some point, sir, they're going to have to just give him the belt and just be done with it because this the, the stories, the build-up, there's nothing. I mean, there's no Chris Jericho. There's no Shawn Michaels. There, there's nothing that, that intrigues me. Like I said, only, the only thing that intrigues me now is seeing if Daniel Bryan manages to wrestle on every match on the card. That's about it. Isn't part of the problem the fact that, like, the fans don't even want a Triple H Daniel Bryan match at this point? I mean, it's been so drawn out. These guys should have wrestled at, at Royal Rumble at the at the, uh, the very latest. Now they're, they've dragged this on to, to WrestleMania 30. Well, honestly, I think that... Go ahead. Let's address that for a second. I think the problem with this match is the fact that it wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to be CM Punk in this match, and instead they had to just naturally flop it over on Daniel Bryan because, honestly, um, this this feud was clearly going to be Triple H and, and Punk, not Triple H and Bryan. So, you know what? Uh, CM Punk pretty much screwed his best friend over because... He left the company, took his ball home and ran, and now Brian has to be shoved into this match. I mean, that, that, that's there's no other way around it. I think one of the good matches that have been going on, a nice little feud that has been started on Raw, 
I, and I'm not talking about Cesaro against Swagger because I, I think that's going to be another WrestleMania match, which, to be honest with you, I could care less about that match, too. Um, I think that another uh, decent feud that has been going on for the last two or three weeks has been Christian Sheamus. Um a match that I guess could, I guess their few could finally end at WrestleMania, but they've had really good matches so far, sir. Well, Christian is a, is a great hand, he's a great performer, you know, and even though he never gets the, the just, you know, the due that he's owed because of his, uh, you know, I don't know, they look at him as like Edge's little brother or whatever you want to call it, where he's just not as good as Edge, when it, even though I don't agree with that, but, you know, I mean, they've got nothing else to do, so what the hell, why not drag this feud out to WrestleMania? put them in a great match, you know, probably start the card, and then, you know, they'll be in the, the 30-man battle royal. I, I still want to know what the point of that is there. Somebody wins it. I mean, if they get a title shot, that'd be good, but they're not. They're just going to win a trophy. Who the hell cares? Explain that to me, sir. Explain that to me. <laughs> I'm not going to explain to you because, again, we're on the same page. Uh, it's uh, obviously, definitely, maybe I'm going to go with the big show on that one. I know we have plenty of time to talk predictions before we still have another month before WrestleMania six, uh, 30. Sorry, uh, WrestleMania 6. thinking about that maniac Ultimate Warrior that Hogan mentioned last night. How great was that? Hogan mentioning the Ultimate Warrior last night. That was great. I guess that's my Freudian slip to flashback to 1990 because this card so far is just a god-awful. Again, it looks like they're going to have another match with Cesaro against Swagger on the card, and honestly, I could care less. There's supposed to be two heels, and whenever you have two heels, especially in the mid-card, sir, who really gives a crap about two mid-carders that are heels that are going to wrestle on the biggest pay-per-view of the year? Cesaro has plenty of potential. I mean, the WWE thinks highly of him, which is a good thing for him. But, um, you know, he's obviously not going to be involved in the title picture. I mean, Jack Swagger, you know, they gave him the title. That didn't work out. That was a complete and utter disaster, like everything else in the WWE. But, um, you know, this is this is going to be a heel-heavy pay-per-view. I mean, you can make two heels fighting each other, as you said, in the mid-card. You have two heels fighting in the main event, which is you were forced to have um, – you know, throw, you're gonna have to be forced to throw Daniel Bryan in this. You know what would be great, and I would, I mean, I would love this because it would be so bad. Imagine Triple H buries Daniel Bryan and actually beats him at WrestleMania, and Daniel Bryan does not get into the title match. I mean, do you think there'll be a riot or what? I think there'll there'll be a different riot in Louisiana. Uh, you probably have people storm the ring just like they did uh, this past last night on Raw with Occupy Occupy Raw. At the um, to be, <laughs> what was the point of that? I mean. Well, to get him a title match, I understand it, but the problem is that WWE likes to pretend that they're hip and they're cool. The whole Occupy Wall Street happened so long ago that that was just, that was just dumb. It really was. That, that, they never should have done that. That's nonsense. So a bunch of fans stormed the ring because they like Daniel Bryan and he gets a title shot. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That should be the new play for every guy who wants a title shot in WWE. Just bring all the fans out there. Dress them up in Daniel Bryan t-shirts or whatever, whichever guy it is. I mean, that it, to me, it was stupid because it was irrelevant. You know, it was just not done well. And as usual, the WWE is behind the times on, on social media. They try to think they're cool, and they're, ta- they're completely not, not even remotely. And then when you look at some of the other wrestlers that are not in, you know, in any matches yet at WrestleMania, you, you wonder how the mighty have fallen. I mean, I thought they could, they could have really done a good job with somebody like uh, Ryback, who's not in the match right now. Uh, maybe he will be put into the Battle Royal, but again, somebody like that yeah, well, could have been... In the uh, tag team match, he mentioned that he was going to be in the Battle Royal and that he was going to win the Battle Royal. 
Well, Ryback and Curtis Axel, I think it was just so underutilized. I, I don't know if they're in the doghouse, if they're in the doghouse, why they're in the doghouse, because I think those two guys could really be built up. I do. I mean, what are they? I agree with you to a certain extent, but honestly, I just don't think that um, the WWE has any clue what the hell they're doing. Let's be honest about that, sir. And you know, these guys—they tried to give uh, actual push, didn't work. I mean, guys get over that they want to get over. That's pretty much what it boils down to. Daniel Bryan is the, the exception to the rule, but for the most part, they only let guys get over that they want to get over. I mean, again, in a sport that's predetermined. People say, oh, wins and losses don't count. Yeah, okay, tell that to The Undertaker. Tell that to John Cena. Tell that to these guys who pretty much never lose. And yeah, whatever. T- t- tell, me, tell me how the hottest uh, three-man team faction in the Shield a year ago was so white hot, and now they lost a feud to the Wyatt family. You, you feel like they're about to break up. Maybe they will break up by WrestleMania or at WrestleMania. But honestly, for the Shield to to come apart at the seams against the the white feud um to be honest with you they should have at least had one and one that what they should have won one and the white family should have had one and they should have had a blow off match at WrestleMania to be honest with you i don't like the fact that the shield is now supposedly back together and unified even stronger um they've served no role the US title is on Dean Ambrose which serves no role again underutilized they don't know what they're doing i feel sorry for the shield right now i think they're in limbo I agree. I actually thought there was going to be the Wyatt and then at WrestleMania, and instead it was that at Elimination Chamber, and now what? Where do they go from here? I mean, are the Shield not going to wrestle at WrestleMania, or are they just going to have the Battle Royal, and then uh, what's-his-face is going to win that, uh, Roman Reigns? Because, I mean, I don't understand how you don't have these three guys in it. These are three guys who have a bright future ahead of them in the business, and they're just they're going to sit on their, their thumbs? I mean, really? It's <laughs> bad. I, I I never thought about that, but you have a good point. Roman Reigns might win that title, I, uh, that battle royal. I just thought that because it's the inaugural one, I thought that'd be fitting that to, like the Big Show, since he kind of um, looks like you know Andre Giant in terms of build. Back way back when. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great. Why do we talk so much about wrestling? Why do we even bother? Can you come, please? I mean, all we do is crap on it. Anybody who's listening to wrestling, they would, listening to us, they would think, "Wow, these guys really hate wrestling." Well, let's talk about two more things about wrestling, and we will take a break, and we'll talk some sports because there's plenty of sports I want to get into on the other side of the hour. Uh, but you know, we want to talk about just fantasy booking. We want to pull the audience, Elwood, if you're listening, this is for you. Uh, we want to know if um, you know if Undertaker took on John Cena, who would fans root for at that point? Because you know. Obviously, they root for Undertaker, but sir, me and you, I think, would be the only ones that actually would root for John Cena. It would be the only time we'd ever root for John Cena, and you're absolutely right. We would be rooting hard at Cena and the streak. I mean, let's face it, the streak is never going to end. I've always heard that Taker wanted Kane to end it, and Kane refused. I wish Kane had just finally done it, you know. You know, I actually read a story by Justin LaBarth was saying the other day that um, this, the streak was an accident because he was supposed to lose to Diesel at WrestleMania. Remember that, that terrible WrestleMania where they fought each other? What, what was WrestleMania it? 12? Yeah. 12, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that Diesel was leaving he, the company, he would have actually beaten the embassy for that year. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, if the strike was a mistake, then um, hopefully... 
Um, you know, I, I think that John Cena, get him as a title pitcher again for another year next year, have him take on Taker, and at least you have um, Superman, you know, John Cena, the modern-day Hulk Hogan times 100 against the undefeated streak. At least that, that gives me some some interest. It does pique my interest a little bit because I think John Cena would uh, put on a decent match. I think uh, Brock Lesnar will, too. I just don't know how much Undertaker has left. He pretty much has nothing left in the tank after last year's WrestleMania against Triple H, sir. I mean, let's face it, this 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 match is going to be totally one-sided, and then somehow I think Undertaker is going to catch him with a chokeslam and then a, a tombstone, and then, you know, 1-2-3, 22-0. You think, sir? You think this is going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think Undertaker has to go into next year his last WrestleMania into his hometown. You said it's going to be in Texas, I think, WrestleMania 31, so it, it, it's got to go that way. I think Undertaker should wrestle 100 WrestleManias in Animal. <laughs> the one last thing about wrestling before we take a break and then talk sports is uh, because you brought it up, I want you to do the intro on it. Talk about what you've been hearing about the WWE Network about raising potential prices. Well, I just heard that there was a story out there that apparently WWE has thrown a uh, poll out there to see if the fans would be okay with yeah. what they thought of increasing the price to eleven ninety nine. Now, I'd like to get your take on that since you're such a penny pension freak. Uh, would, you, would you stop? Uh, <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you cancel your? almost every single pay-per-view to get it all done within the first month so that maybe within, after six months I could just cancel my subscription because, let's face it, the only reason why I have the WWE Network is to watch the old stuff because this new stuff is crap. I have no interest. Yeah, WrestleMania piques my interest because it's WrestleMania. It's like the biggest pay-per-view of the year. But you think I'm really going to be in front of a TV at 8 o'clock at night when there's a pay-per-view called Backlash or Judgment Day or even Survivor Series? I'm not. I'm really not. So, they're going to raise it up any more than nine ninety nine, sir. Joe Jew is in the house, and he's going to cancel his subscription. I just want to know, sir, if we're going to have to throw you down the well so that we can all be free. Because, man, <laughs> I tell you, uh, you make me sick. I mean, I remember you were you were talking about trying to scam the WWE out of money so that we could use the same. I mean, just this low life type of stuff, folks. I tell you, Joe is truly what we like to call the lowest of the low. And if you know this guy, stay away from him. You know, your name, your picture should be at the post office. Stay away from this penny fencing furry. Like I said, sir, the, the, the network has only been out for about two weeks now, two or three weeks, whatever. And already I'm, I pretty much saw all the things I wanted to see. So, you know, after six months, I might just cancel my subscription. I'm sure you would, sir. You definitely would. I mean, you'll be coming over to my house to, to watch WrestleMania 45 when uh, the WWE <laughs> Network is about 15 years old and Hulk Hogan is the host one more time. <laughs> if they raise the prices, Vince, shame on you. Shame on you! <laughs> <laughs> so, sir, let's, let's, let's stop talking wrestling. We've talked 35 minutes straight wrestling. Let's take a break. Come back. We'll talk some football, basketball, and baseball to end our show. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to be fun, folks. Well, let's get into all that. 
Let's get it going. Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio. This is actor Anthony Tyler Quinn. You may remember me as Mr. Turner from Boy Meets World, among many other roles. Make sure to listen in to Pure Gold every week for some of the best talk radio around. Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're listening to Pure Gold. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights' Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and... Yeah, I cut that off. I don't, I don't want to hear that garbage. Hey, guys. It's Brittany Don and Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold Radio for only the best talk on sports, entertainment, politics, and much, much more. Yeah, it's more like uh, wrestling, wrestling, more wrestling, and a little bit of everything else. Exactly. So, sir, I want to talk about the fact that we have a lot of incompetent teams here in the tri-state area that we root for. I mean, we could talk about the New York Islanders. We could talk about, to an extent, the New York Jets, but they've been successful. But I I want to pick on um, your basketball team tonight and get into this because the the New York Knicks have been a complete and utter disaster since last year when J.R. Wright Remember that song, So Right? I mean, after he, he got right. his money from... Well, I meant J.R. Smith with the So Right song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I think we should play that instead of talking about this segment. What do you think about that, sir? No, no, let me let me get into this because this is totally an, uh, an utter joke. I mean, we t- like I said, we have a lot of teams that are incompetent in the tri-state area, but this team right here... So anyway, the, the New York Knicks are doing well. They they beat my New York uh, Boston Celtics last year. They pretty much sweep them. And then Jerry Wright throws an elbow to Jason Terry, and the whole apple cart is disrupted. And all of a sudden, the New York Knicks are a complete and utter joke, almost to the extent where they're they're playing. They're below 500 right now. They're barely they're they're two or three games out from making the playoffs. But again, they have Carmelo Anthony. They have Tyson Chandler. And they have the sixth man of the year, so right, Mr. J.R. Smith. And, again, this team is so bad that they're going to need a new coach at the end of the year. And when I heard the news the other day, sounds like a song. When I heard the news the other day that the New York Knicks were begging, pleading, and groveling to get the services of, which I feel is probably the most overrated coach in NBA history, Mr. Phil Jackson, to come in and be their I don't know, GM slash consultant slash whatever you want to save the franchise, which he would never do. But when I heard Phil Jackson's name being thrown around and the money that the Knicks were going to throw around them, they should be ashamed of themselves. Shame on you! Sir, the New York Knicks are a complete joke. What I think is great is that you called the Celtics, the New York Celtics, first of all. And second of all, I think it's great that you're absolutely right about Phil Jackson in the sense that even if he did come to New York, you know, I, I, whether he's overrated or not, it's not really the question. I don't see what Phil could possibly do for the Knicks to make him good. And, I'm, you know, again, I'm not – Joe says my team. I'm not a huge basketball fan. I pretty much just talk garbage the entire time we talk basketball. But the truth of the matter is that, um, like any other New York franchise, one guy coming in here, even if it's Phil Jackson, I mean, what difference is Phil Jackson going to make this organization? And then if he does nothing, I mean – does it hurt his legacy as the, one of the greatest <coughs> ever? You know, he comes in here and does nothing. Then what's there? Are you going to look at Phil Jackson and you're going to knock the guy because, you know, he came to New York and he was so wrong? 
See, this is where I really like blow a gasket because I, it was either Joe or Evan Roberts that said that Phil Jackson is the best coach of all time. He's got 11 rings, yes, and I know that you need good players to win championships. Yes, that's obviously definitely maybe. But Phil Jackson is the type of coach that will not coach a team he will not coach a team that is not ready to win a championship within that year or the year after. He'll only pick teams that are ready to win a championship immediately, and that's how he gets his 11 rings. He does not build up a team like Greg Popovich, like the San Antonio Spurs. He doesn't do it the way that it should be done, and that's why I think he's so overrated. He's a total joke. He does have 11 rings, but those 11 rings are uh, – I put an asterisk by all 11 of those championships. Man, you really hate Phil Jackson, sir. You really, you are out of control. Is all I can tell you. I mean, Phil Jackson was on the ch- the last championship that the New York Knicks won. That was over forty years ago. That's how bad it's gotten. You mean the Knicks franchise or Phil Jackson's wife? Oh, boom! That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I just think that you are totally just out of control. I mean, I'm out of control. I'm just point. I'm just pointing out the fact that we ripped the New York Jets. We ripped my New York Islanders. But those teams have been somewhat successful. Um, you know, let's go right into the Jets right now because the Jets. You know, they re-signed Rex Ryan. They're a team that um, is rebuilding with a new general manager. They actually released uh, Antonio Cromartie and his 12 illegitimate children, as well as um, Santonio. I couldn't remember how many it was. I was talking to my dad about this the other day, and I totally had no clue how many kids Cromartie had. Is it 12? Yeah, he probably has a dirty dozen. I mean, at this point, I, I've lost count. I, I mean, I, the guy doesn't even know his own kid's name, so how am I supposed to keep count of how many kids he's supposed to have, sir? Seriously. You should know this. I mean, you're, you're JB, you're Joe Bacino, you're just business. Yeah, just business, but I could give a crap. Um, so Antonio Cromartie gone, San Antonio Holmes gone, and I think within a day or so, or potentially by June 1st, because if it satisfies the, the salary cap, which I have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm just quoting Mike Francesa, which I shouldn't be doing, drinking Diet Coke, saying that if they cut Mark Sanchez after June 1st, it's going to help their cap even more. So at that point, sir, the, the New York Jets will have $60 million, roughly $60 million, under the salary cap. Um, one thing I must say... No, actually, three things I must say. Antonio Cromartie was a decent cornerback when he had Darrell Rivas on the other side. I think he became horrible last year. He had a horrible year. Santonio Holmes made one great catch in whatever Super Bowl against your, your Kurt Warner Arizona Cardinals. He makes that one catch. He gets a boatload of money from the Jets. Guaranteed, mind you, that's a mistake. And then you talk about Mark Sanchez. And as for all those detractors for Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez needs somebody to throw to that became the issue over the last two years, where Mark Sanchez went through three different offensive coordinators. He's the, the, you know, he's a successful Jet quarterback. I know that success is not the same as success for like the New York Giants, for example, but for the Jets, for the guy to win four road game, road playoff games, sir, against teams like the Colts, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Chargers, those are quality wins. The Jets were one game always away from the Super Bowl. They couldn't get it done. I know you're going to tell me that the defense was good, they had a good running game, and Sanchez was not the reason why they won those games. But just like Eli Manning in the first Super Bowl, he managed the team very well in the playoffs. It's going to be a shame to see Mark Sanchez go, but at this point, he's got to go. I have no problem with him being a backup quarterback, potentially a starting quarterback in the league where they play. Fave. 
Next faces need somebody to throw to. <laughs> Again, for those two listeners, I don't. I think you're overestimating, sir. I think it's one or maybe no listeners tonight because the show is complete and utter disaster. We've been talking wrestling for the first 35 minutes. Now we're talking New York Knicks and right into the Jets. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that, sir. And while we're continuing on the path to hell, uh, we might as well just talk about the um, the fact that the Jets will, like again, they will have 60 million. And Mr. John Idzik, the general manager for the, the New York Jets, will have uh, – this is where he's going to make or break his career as a New York Jet general manager. He's going to have to spend wisely. And, again, if you have $60 million, come on, Mr. Idzik, let's put a championship to get, team together or at least make the playoffs, make a deep run. Um, in a league where every year there's, there's not – there's no consistency. Yeah, exactly, where they play. Doom. Where there's no consistency, where people just leave for the the dollar bill. Even somebody like Darrell Revis, I don't know if you heard about this, sir. Darrell Revis was released by the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Jets, I don't know if they have ill will towards him. I don't know if the owner just doesn't like him anymore. But the Jets could afford to bring him back, actually, play under Rex Ryan, who he really likes. Or the Jets could decide that, yeah, we don't want him back on our team, but you know what? Sir, there's a team up north that is really dying to have Darrell Revis, and that would be the New England Patriots. What a travesty that would be if they ever ended up with Darrell Revis. I love it because he would go nuts. I think that would make for some great talk radio. Oh, I, w- I think I would go nuts. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Bang, bang, bang. So, so like like I said, since we're talking about like the worst show ever, let's just continue on the road and talk about the New York Mets and the fact that we didn't get to talk about this because we weren't on the air last last week. I was going to say last year. I don't think we're on the air last year either. Uh, I think this might be our first show ever. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the fact that that. This show has gone off the rails. Absolutely, this is probably one of the funniest, terrible shows I think we've ever done. So I commend you. I commend you. For bringing your F game to the to the table tonight, you talk about A game. This is the F game for pure gold, folks. All right, so let's talk about the Mets. So, since we didn't get to talk about them last week, um, the fact that Sandy, Sandy, um, what's his name, Sandy, Sandy uh, Alderson. Alderson, yeah, Sandy Alderson. Uh, yeah, what about him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this whole this whole notion that the Mets are going to win 90 games, and you know, the funny thing is, not only is that the funny thing, but the the funnier thing on top of that is the fact that for, uh, Jeff Wilpon says that they better after the the off season that the Mets have had, and the fact that Mr. Um, 
Mr. Harvey is just not pitching this year because of a Tommy John uh, surgery. The the fact that they, they expect to win 90 games or just throw that out there so that you know they get the attention of the, the back pages because you know the Yankees still rule this town. The fact that they they mention that, sir, is when I mentioned when I heard the, the fact that they were going to win 90 that they want to win 90 games or they will win 90 games. The fact you said the fact like 12 times in this statement. The fact Bill is, in Wallington, what's up, Joe? Okay, so Mike, um <laughs> So anyway, so ninety wins. I mean I think they like you said that to me off the air, I think if you combined all the triple A, the single A, the double A and the the current major league baseball team, they might add up to ninety wins this year. Or maybe they're considering the fact that they're adding the wins from last year and they're adding them to this year that they're gonna get ninety wins. I think they meant. I, I read a funny comment today. They were saying that they think the Mets meant 90 wins for the other team. That, that's pretty. Oh, funny. I mean that could be too. I think that, I think that's what they were going for. That, I mean, that could that be, uh, you know, and let's let's get right into this too. While we're talking the Mets and talking about the toilet, um, you want to talk about Joe Jew in the well. Let's talk about the fact that the Mets will not bring up Syndergaard until later this year because they don't want to pay him the money that he's going to eventually ask for. So they're going to keep him in the minors for however however long a period of time so that, again, they don't have to pay this guy. I think the Mets think that magically next year will be their magical year where they're, they're, all their pitching is going to come to fruition. They're going to sign some big free agents, and they're just going to win the whole thing next year uh, where you know it just doesn't happen that way, sir. I, I think the pitching is there right now. If the Mets, uh, minus Harvey, obviously, um, well, then again, their bullpen sucks. So, you know, sir, I, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So please save me as we have 10 minutes to go. I think that you're not giving the Mets enough credit. The Mets actually made some decent moves this offseason, sir. I mean, give credit where credit's due. All right. You, you let me know when to give them credit. You don't think that Curtis Granderson was was a good move? I mean, not great, but you don't think that was a good move? Um, I'll give you that. What else? Uh, you don't think Bartolo Colon was at least a, a decent move, considering you know they're not they're not paying him a ton of money. What's and, that guy uh, weighing? Like four fifty these days? Yeah, four fifty, five fifty, whatever it is. I mean, he could be he he might win the inaugural Andre the Giant thirty man over the top rope battle royal. Um. I think that, you know, the Mets made some moves this year, and, you know, Bartolo Colon, whatever. I mean, it, it, Harvey's injured. Apparently, Harvey has, has gone out on record saying that he, and they made him delete the tweet, but that he wants to he wants to pitch this year. He's trying to say there's a chance that he's going to pitch. Yeah, I mean, he should, he, he should pitch opening day, sir, at this point. You're, you're an absolute fool. You know, we actually have comment from Bartolo Colon after his game um, the other night. Uh, this is what he had to say. Are you done, sir? Are you are you absolutely done? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on right now. The folks out there listening to Pierce will be thinking to themselves, "What in the hell have we gotten into?" You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm having a good time. I don't know if anybody else is, but this this is hilarious to me. The the, the quality of work that we put on today. I mean, it's top-notch, top-notch. Let's, let's get into some serious business here because, again, we have nine minutes to play with, and um, I'm pretty much burnt out. Um, let's talk about the fact that, um, unfortunately, the passing of Carmen Barra, Yogi Barra's wife, passed away at 85 years old. Um, you know, death happens to all of us, you know, as Yogi Barra would say. Yeah, 
I didn't even know that his wife passed away. That, that, Yogi is still alive, yeah. though, isn't he? Yogi is still alive. He's still running the museum in Montclair, I think, um, unless they actually stuffed him into the museum. But, yeah, he's still alive. I believe he lives in Montclair, and, but uh, his wife, unfortunately, Sorry. passed away at the age. Go ahead. Let me just cut you off. You are such a complete and utter piece of garbage. You're over here giving the guy condolences for his wife passing away, and then you go on to say they stuffed him in the museum. What the hell is wrong with you? They should stuff you. They should stuff you a night in a wall. Well, the problem is that, you know, once, uh, you know, life is part of death and death is part of life. I mean, it's one big circle of life. And, um, you know, in this lentil season that we're in, um, you know, we must all make sacrifices because, you know, it shows the greater love of God to all of us. I, I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, you know, we need to end this show because you, you've really gone off the deep end. Let's not go off the deep end and before we actually mention about the fact that things have gone off the deep end. How about the fact that in this world of technology, sir, where we could track anything and everything and tell it like it is, um, a Malaysian plane goes off of uh, the coast and uh, off our radar, and uh, we can't find the damn plane for three months now, or three weeks now, or three days now. We can't find the damn plane. We can't find the recorder box. I mean, what is going on in this world? I honestly don't know, and, and that, that does concern me. Like you said, with the technology that we have, you would think that this would never happen, but apparently... You know, they can't find this plane, and I'm hoping they find it, because obviously there's sons and daughters and husbands and wives and, you know, children, et cetera, et cetera, on there. So, I mean, hopefully this will be resolved soon. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame, and I honestly have no explanation for what in the world is going on here. I have two suspects. I mean, I either blame Obama and Obamacare with that website that went, goes down every time for not being able to find it, or I blame Chris Christie because he did shut down the GW Bridge in Fort Lee, and um, unfortunately people got upset, people got really disturbed, and now it, it cost the guy's campaign. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to run for president anymore. It's just a big travesty because I thought Chris Christie was going to save us all. I love how you somehow this into your own propaganda, your own personal propaganda. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm trying here. Um, what else here? Oh, unfortunate serious note, though, as we close out the show. Um, I don't know if you heard, sir, but we actually lost a firefighter in Wallington um, about two weeks ago. Actually, the night of my birthday, the day, the day before my birthday, um, there was a big funeral here in Wallington. Lots of streets were closed. Um, a lot of people came from all over the tri-state area to honor um, this fallen firefighter that actually fell off of a restaurant. He was actually cutting a hole to actually get the smoke out of the fire uh, of the building, and he either fell through the hole and had a heart attack and died, or he fell off the actual roof itself. And um, his two sons were actually there too. Unfortunately, watched him pass away. So it's just a total tragic story. Yeah, I didn't know about that, but I'm definitely sorry to hear about that. Story. Not, not the type of stuff you want to hear. And firefighters. Policemen, I mean, those are real heroes. There. Those are people who risk their lives, but lesser men, you know, wouldn't do that. They do what very few can do. You know, kudos to them. And again, very unfortunate. Just, just the same thing happens. Yeah, and I can't end the show on a downer, but we, it is very unfortunate. Let me just ask you, since we got like five minutes to play with here, um, have you been watching anything on the WWE Network? What have you exactly been watching? No, I'm still waiting for you to watch Arrow, so I'm boycotting the WWE Network until you start watching Arrow. I can watch Arrow anytime I want now. I got Netflix under your account. Yeah, well, you haven't done it. You, you come back and listen. I want to know. Hey, how do you know I haven't done it? I've been watching. Really? What episode are you up to? Episode one and a half? 
Uh, episode two. Yeah, so shut up. No, this show, this show's off the rails. Let's, 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 let's just end the train right, please. Yeah, well, I mean, let's do it. Let's talk about uh, whatever we want to talk about next week. Hopefully we have a guest. If not, you know, we'll, we'll continue this, this turd fest of a show. Um, all one listener, minus one listener, will hopefully come back. Um, I have no nothing else to say, sir, but, um, you know, take it away. <laughs> Folks, listen, uh, we thank you. We thank you for, for listening. I mean, this is the first time I can remember that you and I were just, like, really trying to end this show. Um, you know, hopefully there's somebody else. <laughs> you know, uh, I, got, I got two words for you. Wait, wait, hold on. Actually, no. I don't have two words for oh, you. Shut up, shut up! Shut up, shut up! Christ, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. He'd be out. Gone! Finito! Please, steak! I like turtles. Oh, please, steak! Oh, uh, is that all? You guys are awesome. Thank you, Nikki. Have a great night. We're going to end this show the way that only DC knows how. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. You guys are awesome. Good night, everyone. Good night. Woo.